I'm Nala Ayed, host of Ideas. In this age of clickbait and online shouting, Ideas is a meeting ground for people who want to deepen their understanding of the world. Join me as we crack open a concept to see how it plays out over place and time and how it matters today. From the rise of authoritarianism to the history of cult movies, no idea is off limits. Ideas is on the CBC Listen app or wherever you find your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, it's Pia. And every Wednesday, we bring you a bonus podcast. It's one hand-picked story from the week's round of the Sunday magazine that we really think is worth hearing or perhaps hearing again. Of course, you can hear all of our stories on the full podcast that we put out each and every Sunday. It's also available on the CBC Listen app. Of course, you can hear all of our stories on the full podcast, which we put out each and every Sunday. And you can also listen on the CBC Listen app. All right, here's this week's highlight. Well, NHL players are back on the ice this weekend, sharpening their skates and their skills as the preseason kicks off. It's also the time of year when many kids and their parents gear up for their hockey seasons, maybe even buying sticks and helmets for the very first time. Those nerves and excitement are feelings Carl Subban knows well. After all, he's known as Canada's hockey dad. The father of five has raised not one, but three NHL players, Malcolm, Jordan, and you have likely heard of PK. Carl Subban is also a school principal and former teacher who's long been passionate about sharing his wisdom on motivation, drive, and potential. And he channels some of that in a new book for kids. It's called The Hockey Skates. Carl Subban, welcome. It's nice to have you here. Thank you. Let's talk about this book. This book is about a little kid. Named, <laughs> wait for it, everyone, P.K. Subban. Um, sounds familiar. He's a budding hockey player who's eagerly anticipating the arrival of his very first pair of skates. And just to kick us off, Carl, can you just read a bit of this book to give us a better sense of it? Okay, here I go. With a knock, knock, knock on the door, the mail carrier delivered the skates in a box. P.K. couldn't wait to open it. With a cut, 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 and a rip, 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 he opened the box and was sad, sad, sad. When P.K. looked in the box, it was empty, empty, empty. He saw no skates for him to wear. Okay, we'll leave the cliffhanger of what happens. (laughs) Uh, but as we heard there, little PK experiences the highs of anticipating that first yeah. pair of skates, yeah. um, only to feel disappointed. What are the lessons you're hoping to relay through that story, whether it be about hockey or beyond? Yeah, well, PK wanted the skates badly. And I have to share this, that PK, Malcolm and Jordan started out wearing used equipment. Okay, so it's a true story. They've always wanted the new skates or the new stick or the new pants. But, you know, he wanted skates in the box, but it was a disappointment that met him and he had to meet it and face it and work through it. You know, when I tell PK's story or Malcolm and Jordan's story, uh, I often talk about 
their ability to work through disappointments. Because without that ability to work through disappointments, I don't believe they would have made it as far up the hockey ladder as they did. Can I ask you about those youth skates in real life? Because you're, <laughs> you're boys, right? Yeah. Played on youth skates. I know it was a different time, but, you know, kids always want the new thing. So when they had to show up at hockey with the youth skates and other kids got their flashy new skates, that's a hard moment for parents, right? Because a kid says, why do I got these crummy skates, pops? What'd you say to them? You know what I'll say to them is I'll tell the story about PK wearing uh, youth skates. I'll, say, I'll share that story. And, I, and then I'll say to them, you know what? It didn't matter to his feet. <laughs> Whether the skates were new or used. And guess what? It didn't matter about the color of his feet either. Or the shape of his feet. Or the size of his feet. The most important thing was the size of the dream he had. And, you know, and so sometimes we pay too much attention to the things that don't matter. And then I think it was a lesson around what's really important here. Is it... The skates on your feet are the feet in the skate. So, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Right. The feet don't get to change. The yeah, skates yeah. might. When your mind gets involved, like, mind your own business. Okay. <laughs> Tell your mind. Mind your own business. So you talk about your your boys, and I should say you also have two yeah. daughters. I, I always, you know, let's, let's balance it all out. You got five kids, right? Who have all done wonderful things, and I'm, I know you're equally proud of all of them. But the passion for hockey within the Subban family really begins with you, Carl. You're an immigrant from Jamaica to Canada. You come over as a little kid. Where did your passion kind of burble up from? Coming from Jamaica, the summer I turned 12. And we were living on a street in Sudbury, Ontario, called Peter Street. We lived upstairs. After waking up to my first full day in Canada, I looked out the window. And I said to my mom and dad, I'm not going out there. It doesn't look like, it did not look like Jamaica, Okay. There were, no, there were all rocks. I didn't see any trees. <laughs> Long story short, another day came. I looked outside through that window onto Peter Street. I did not see one boy or girl who looked like me. Mm. I said, I told them I'm not going out there. Another day came. I heard kids in conversations outside. I asked my mom and dad, what are they saying? We don't know either because they're speaking French. I said, for sure, no, I'm not going out there. Long story short, I went to school. I had the best teacher. But I still had to walk home through that neighborhood that did not look like Jamaica, seeing those kids who didn't look like me or they were or speaking like me. But one day, I was walking home in this heavy snowfall, and one of them gave me an invitation, asked me to play hockey with them. They could have turned on me, turned their backs to me, called me all these names, but they made a decision to be helpful to this kid who did not look like them. Hmm. And so that for you, because they could have, I don't know, asked you to come play soccer or asked you to go to guitar It could have been anything. It could have been anything. Because I played lacrosse with them. Hmm. I played all the schoolyard games with them. We had a hockey rink. I was Ken Dryden in that. So (laughs) those kids... You know, they didn't see all the differences. They could have easily. They introduced me to spaghetti and alphagetti. <laughs> I still, it's true. It's a true story. Carl, your hockey story is one of inclusion, but the conversations a lot of people are having nowadays about the sport are conversations about exclusion. Um, as you well know, the hockey-related headlines have been rife with allegations of abuse, bullying, hazing, and racism. S- 
So for you, what was it like to navigate that space with your kids? What kind of conversations were you having with your boys? A couple of times I had a conversation with them because the question, even if you don't ask, you don't bring it up because you'll never bring up the color of your skin, but it seems to come up. And and you never wanted the conversations to be about that or, or around that. So you try to try to push it aside. But here's what I did. Here's here's what I could control. I had no control uh, over the thoughts or what people would say. But what I was able to control is the number of hours my boys spent practicing. Hmm. There was something about practicing and getting better. And while they were maybe spending time thinking about that little black boy, I'm spending time about thinking about that little hockey player <laughs> and how to make him better. Hmm. I really, I, there were times we walked into the arena, everyone knew who, who PK's parents were because we were the only black people in the arena, okay? Yeah. Uh, but people noticed him on the ice, and I really mean this, because of his ability, his hmm. skills. You saw his potential at work. This is my mindset. The most important thing about me is my potential. It's not my beautiful skin color. So when the, ki- the kids come home and say, yeah. hey, dad, someone called me this or someone pointed out I'm different or whatever, you'd say, what? Don't worry about it? No, It's your no. potential? You know, I remember PK crying one time and we had the conversation about that. He was crying. Yeah, Some of course. Some kid had said something in the, in the dressing room. But the thing is, you're more than just a black person. People get caught up onto that. And I'm saying, uh, you're more than that person in the black skin. We're all more than that. So I don't focus on that. I want PK to focus on his potential. I want all young people to focus on their potential because that will define you. Hmm. It's not going to be the color of my skin. It's not because PK was black, he became this great hockey player, folks. It's because he believed in his potential and he worked to realize his potential as a hockey player. So if you want to sit there and let the color of my skin bother you, well, you're going to have a lot of bad days. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Where does I mean, that come from for you, Carl? What is it about you that you were like, you know what, I'm going to, as much as I can, cut that noise out and say, look, we're going to focus on potential. I'm going to share this with you. So when people ask me how we did it, you know, they ask me, and I, it's so easy to talk about the number of hours skating and practicing shooting pucks. But, you know, it was my ability to grow. Because of my ability to grow, I think it, I got out of the way for my sons to go where they wanted to go. Think about it. I had to learn how to have a positive attitude in the storm. <laughs> you know, I had to learn how to relate to people who were difficult to relate with. I had to learn how to lead Lead PK, uh, you know, a coach had told him, PK, you'll never make it in hockey. You'll never go as far as I did. So how do we help him to work through that? You know, it, it was a lot of times it's how we work through it. Let's talk about more about inclusion. Last week, um, it was a pretty joyous moment for, well, a lot of Canadians when the Professional Women's Hockey League oh, I'm so, wow. did their um, draft, right? Yeah. Women and girls are still fighting for better inclusion in this sport. But what, when you saw that, when you saw the um, PWHL and women, uh, former players sitting and being so proud and, and players being drafted, what are you thinking as the hockey guy? 
I'm going to share you share with you what my thoughts are around that based on the, uh, the conversation. I'll mention the school I work, Everest Academy. It's a school for student athletes, and it's a co-ed school. The boys in our school, they see the OHL, they see the Olympics, they see the NHL. And our girls, our girls, now they see this league that they can aspire to and train to be a part of. It's such a positive thing. You know, when I coach Gina Rapaci, a young girl on my hockey team, and by the way, the parents, I coached for about 10 years. They never called what I was doing coaching. I don't know why, <laughs> but I coached Gina. I, I believe she played for the junior national team. We didn't have this league for her. So it just opens the door for my granddaughter who plays house league and for all the young girls and young ladies out there. I watched the Women's World Cup this year. Mm. Wow. The skill, the power. You know what that was? Just being given the opportunity. Mm. When you're given the opportunity, you should never, ever be surprised at some potential outcomes. And I saw those ladies and wow. So those are the strides we've made in the hockey world, right? And then there are the strides that still need to be taken. And last week, uh, Mike Babcock, former coach of the Leafs, um, stepped down as yes. the coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Amidst these allegations, he had asked players to show him their photos on their phones, which was seen as a major invasion of privacy. Now, some observers say that resignation signals a shift in power dynamics between players and coaches. you agree with that? Like, how did you read that move? Yeah, I don't know enough about it. I just like you, just what I've heard on TV and, and reading in the newspapers. But, you know, there, it's a good thing because, you know, uh, we have to value people. Also, wherever you're coaching... You're, you're in a position to influence people. And, and that's what a leader does. You influence. Remember, your words and actions can get in the way of you influencing them to do the things you want them to do. So we always have to, I know sometimes we have blind spots. And so we have to be, even as a school principal, you know, and I, I want the kids to do better. I want them to get better. I want them to become more. And sometimes they'll do things that maybe they shouldn't be doing. So how do I address it? You've got to value them. And, and, and you've got to make sure that they continue to, to feel good about the person they are. Mm. We have to be so careful about the things that we say and do when you're in a position of leadership. So given, you know, the, that, that kind of example or whether it's Hockey yes. Canada, Carl, I'm sure you've had people come up to you in the last number of years and say, hey, I got like my little kid and they want to play hockey or I've got this teenager who wants to play more, you know, higher level hockey. But I'm sitting here thinking, Carl, why? Like, why would I do that? What do you say to them? You know, they're going to be stuff happening everywhere. You know, you walk into any school, they're going to be things happening that should be happening. And so the the hockey arena, the hockey dressing room and some of these things uh, they're happening in other places, too. I hope they're not hap happening as frequently as some might believe. But you know what? There are lessons to be learned from these things. Come on. So when these things pop up, wherever they are popping up, uh, maybe the coach saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing or whatever it is, we have to turn them into to where they're learning from them. You got to, 
uh, find a way to gain from the pain. <laughs> Let me ask you this. So my daughter, who's 13, is a competitive gymnast. Wow. Yeah, pretty, pretty good. Really good proud you. of her. Good for you. It's a lot of work on her part. Yep. <laughs> but it does ask a lot of sacrifices of a parent, too, yes. right? It's a lot yeah. of commitment. You spend, I don't know, you probably can't even tell me how many hours you've spent in an arena as a parent of kids playing hockey. Did you ever think, is this worth it? Oh, cheesy, I'll do it again. Uh, people might say, Carl, it's easy for you to say, but yeah, I would do it like my granddaughter. I don't know if she'll play as long as my boys did, but I take her to her hockey. I signed her up for hockey and... I definitely, definitely would do it again. Mm. I experience more positive things, believe it or not, than negative things. People look at me and think because of the color of my skin that it must have been really bad. I'm going to say that, you know what? It was really good. Mm. Yeah, there's some things that I did wrong. There's some things that others did wrong. But in many ways, people did the right things. And I'm not just saying it because I'm saying it. Because a lot of the, there are a lot of people who um, are not my skin color who really help my boys to make it where they are today. Sure. So, but there's some things that we need to clean up in the game. Believe mm -hmm. me. Let's go back to your book. So <laughs> your book is about a kid waiting for his skates. They eventually come. They show up. Yeah. Take me to that moment. What were you saying in that moment when those skates show up? Yeah, it's because it came out of her hockey story. A PK's first skates were his sister's figure skates. We still have them at home. And his first hockey pants were used. He played for the Calgary Flames in his house league. And from top to bottom, I'm not sure if anything other than his garter belt, that was the only new thing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. And because I remember that night, I sat the Friday night trying to piece it all together. It's like a puzzle. It's like giving me a puzzle. It says, Carl, I want you to put the pieces together, but we don't have a picture for you, okay? And, and that's what it was. And, and so I look at our story, how I'm able to use it to help others, to parent and to write their own story. Why wouldn't I want to do it again? Hmm. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Oh, thanks uh, for having me. And, and I hope I was able to bring a lot of value to the listeners today. That was Carl Subban. His new kid's book is called The Hockey Skates. Canada's hockey dad, Carl Subban. His new book for kids is called The Hockey Skates. And you can find all the stories we bring you each week on the Sunday magazine on our website, cbc.ca slash Sunday. I'm Pia Chattopadhyay. Thank you for lending us your ear. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.